fact, I have a special guest on the show. Miss Alice is going to actually talk to us about her experience, her story, and I'm so happy at least to share it with the world, and I'm happy to have her. Thank you, Alice, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. How has experience changed you and into the person you are today and how everything happened? It made me stronger than right. what I used to be. Um, it was a challenging journey being in, in the domestic violence situation for 12 years. So I spent from my eight, 18 to 19 year old self and I left when I was 30. Okay. So That's I a long spent time, yeah. a good portion of you know, where you're supposed to be figuring out life and you have your party days and you're supposed to be having fun. I was not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You were young too. You're still young. young. You were younger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and how, how, how did it all start? Like, how did you find out you were like in a really bad situation? It took me a few years. So I was, essentially i call it kidnapping at the age of 18 to 19 years old right um i met the my ex or uh, i like to call him the monster um i met him when i i was influenced to go to midnight rodeo one of the local nightclubs here and take dance lessons there so i met ken and he promised me a world title he said if you start training with me, I can guarantee that you're going to win a world title this year and I'll get you pro before the age of 25. Right. And of course, me being young, who wouldn't want to pass up that deal? Like, hey, I'm going to get a world title championship in country yeah. dancing. Who would pass up that opportunity? Right, and, right. And it seemed too good to be true. And things didn't start going bad until I want to say... 2011 to 2012 is when the truth came out. It okay. was, um, he had gotten injured, a rotator cuff injury, and I was forced to quit competitive dancing. And once that ball started rolling, things kind of really took a turn. All of a sudden, the aggression started coming out, and then all of a sudden, it was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde almost. Right. And he started going down the route of drinking consistently all day, every day from 8 a.m. to probably, shoot, 11 p.m. And the first assault happened was, gosh, I want to say 2013, maybe. Okay. And uh, I was thrown to the floor. And Mm -hmm. I got paralyzed to the whole right side of my body, decided not to function. I was thrown to the ground so hard. So I had to figure out how to crawl away and how to protect myself in that situation. And of course, the doors in his house would not lock. They would not close. So I had to figure out a room. So I had to go hide essentially in the bathroom and put my feet up against the kick plate and prop myself up against the door until... The normal person came out right it That's wasn't horrible. again i was probably maybe 21 22 at the time so of course yeah. i wasn't used to the situation of and he was 30 years older than me at the time or still is actually oh wow and so 
being 20 and this guy is in his 50s, it really didn't hit. And then yeah. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I wasn't allowed to talk to my family. I wasn't allowed to talk to my friends. I wasn't, I, I essentially could not work without him being in the room. If I had vendor meetings or if I had potential clients, yeah. he would sit in the restaurant across from me to make sure that I was not flirting, that I was not doing anything inappropriate. Very so, controlling. He was very controlling. Yeah. yeah. And that's the first sign of, of, you know, the word abuse, you know, when someone just takes you away from your family, like they isolate you. That's like the first kind of like, oh my God, something's not right. Exactly. And it's, again, being in my 20s, I didn't understand what domestic violence was when I ended up in the hospital when the right side of my body was paralyzed. The police were actually sent out to interview me to see if this was an assault or battery. Right. And I was too afraid to talk to the police because I didn't know what was going to happen next. Right. You were afraid of, like, him doing something else. Exactly. Yeah. And three assaults later, I mean, I finally figured out in 2019 is when I decided to leave him. Wow. It was three assaults. Um, a whole bunch of name calling. The day I left, I was actually supposed to meet a loan officer and I was dressed up. I had high heels on and you know how a woman wants to feel pretty and kind of go out in public and enjoy their day. He ended up calling me a prostitute and said that I was going to have sexual relations with this male loan officer in the back of his car. Right. And that day I decided he was going to go pour concrete at one of the job sites. So I actually had a bodyguard with me come to his house and get all my stuff out. Uh, Thankfully, he had a concealed handgun license and he protected me and helped me get together as much as I could. I mean, I didn't get everything that I wanted out, but I got as much as possible. As you could. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad at least that he was there with you because, I mean, it would have been scary just being by yourself doing that. It was. I was afraid to go back. In fact, I was paralyzed that this gentleman had to drive my car. He had to, I mean, we got trash bags full of stuff out just trying to figure out, is this what I need? I need to take this. I need to take this. And he was watching the door, thankfully, um, because... Ken was very abusive at the time, and because he drank so much, he didn't realize what he was doing. Right. And unfortunately, to this day, the situation is still ongoing. Wow. It's been a while already, right? It has been. And in fact, the day I left, he tried to file a missing persons report on me and filed an APB, stating the fact that I was a danger to other drivers. Yeah, he he definitely, I'm not sure if he is, but he sounds like a narcissist, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And what's the update right now as far as the case? What have they told you? Well, right now we're trying to seek a lifetime protective order against him. Um, Unfortunately, he has been, him and his nephew have been harassing me. Uh, He actually showed up, my fiancé, my now fiancé, Uh, And I were taking dance lessons at a local nightclub and Ken decided to show up and I told the bouncers, hey, I have a protective order against him. 
and they essentially kicked him out. But yeah. when they kicked him out, he did threatening, he yelled out threatening things, and the bouncers came and told me that, hey, he said that he was gonna F you up, and that yeah. nobody can do anything about it, they have no way to protect you, and that was very alarming. Yeah. He, he really does sound like he needs to be put away. You know what I mean? I really wish. We've been trying to put him away behind bars for since 2019. It's been quite a few years. Yeah. I mean, at least the, the bouncer kind of did his job because a lot of people don't really care. You know what I mean? They kind exactly. of just stand by and they're like, oh, well, okay, I can't do anything about it. And thankfully, they, they told me. And as soon as they told me, I told my lawyer and we... I've been filing police reports. Unfortunately, uh, we've had somebody come up to our doorstep dressed in all black, deciding to ring our doorbell at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. for mm -hmm. a couple days in a row. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, the situation is he actually fled to the Philippines to escape law enforcement. Right. He actually has warrants out for his arrest right now. So they have not been able to capture him. Wow. What a, what a coward. Exactly. Yeah. And I had a quick question for you. Um, what, what do you advise people just kind of like in that sense that they do if that happens? Like right away file a protective order? Is that like the steps usually? Usually what, what I would recommend is if you start noticing signs... Right. Try to get out, try to go to a safe house, try to go to a shelter. Thankfully, they have domestic violence uh, shelters all across uh, the counties from Comal County to Bear County to Austin. So go to a shelter if you don't have family or friends. Right. And then if it does, get evidence. Because in order to get a protective order, you need police reports. You need evidence of harassment. You need the full nine yards. I mean, yeah, because they need to see all the, the like the proof. Exactly. I mean, thankfully, this monster left me twenty voicemails that I could show the police, and he left me seventy uh, emails. He was actually disturbed enough to put my birthday, what's up with my birthday, at yahoo.com. Oh. And it's not an easy thing to pinpoint, especially when you're so young. Yeah. But once the assaults start happening, stop thinking, oh, it's not going to happen again because it will. Right. And he definitely, I guess you could say in that word, kind of groomed you because he knew you were younger. You know, he knew you were inexperienced and he has all the experience already. You know, he, he took advantage. He did. He knew who, who he's targeting and he knew what he wanted. And unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to shake his harassment because I broke his chain of, uh, I don't know what word I want to use, a, a chain of confidence or his chain of habit. I think right. it's like you habit. kind of disrupted his, uh, yes, yeah, because narcissists have like a, a pattern, right? They're more of like, they do the same things kind of. You kind of just said, no, like, I'm cutting it right here. And I actually tried multiple times to say, I want to break up. And I yeah. did break up with him once. And I moved out for about six months. But unfortunately, me being young, he had my dog. 
And I was very, very attached to my dog. Like I missed him and, and I got suckered in because of my puppy. Right. And, uh, unfortunately when I went back, he decided to kill my dog um, a few months later. I'm so sorry that I would be devastated. I was, I, I could, I was beside myself all of a sudden just, he knew what was going to strike me hard and he decided to, it was a drunk driver that hit my, my dog. Yeah. And it was about maybe two o'clock in the morning, one or two o'clock in the morning. And I just went running like what happened. And, um, in my opinion, it was planned. Yeah. Usually uh, that's the way they react. They wanted to take away what else I loved. They already took away my family. They took away my friends. Now they're going to take away my pet. I mean, it's then, it's disturbing. It is. And I'm so sorry you, you experienced all of that. It's made me better, though. I mean, I've been doing... Uh, I've been helping others with... Um, their domestic violence situation. In fact, that's actually how I met my fiance. He was dealing with uh, domestic violence in his relationship and he needed help getting out. And thankfully with my past, I kind of helped guide him through the steps needed to take the precautionary steps to get out. Oh, well, it, it was meant to be, you know, and I always say this, men go through it too. It, it happens all the time. It does and it's not talked about a lot. Right. Right. I, and I think that, you know, this is something it could be to the normal people like taboo. But I, I love that we're talking about this because it, it's happening everywhere in the world. It's happening. We speak people, you know, become victims of, you know, unaliving kind of I, that's the way I say it. So Spotify doesn't uh, trigger the, the recording, um, you know, women and men get unalived because of this. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, it's disturbing. I mean, I've helped people that go through this situation where they want to commit those acts to be unalive because right. the domestic violence is so bad. Yeah, and and I think, that, like, you know, you were explaining the signs. I think it's good to know when you're actually going through it because, like you said, at first you don't know. Exactly. It takes... Unfortunately, it took me years to figure out that it was a domestic violence situation. And one of my doctors actually told me that it ended up towards uh, towards 2018, maybe 2019, it ended up being Munchausen syndrome by proxy right. with him. I'm not sure if you know what that is. No, I've heard about it though. Munchausen syndrome by proxy is where essentially, to use an example, a parent takes over a child's health care, but essentially they're poisoning them at the same time. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's manipulation kind of, if you think about it. It was. Yeah. I mean, it happened to me towards the end, and I actually was not supposed to be here on this earth um this long if i would have stayed in that relationship i would not be here today and it's it's sad to think about it because you're such a a, a intelligent person you know you're smart and it sucks that you know it's like love love is blind to be honest it happened to me so i understand it is and unfortunately 
it, the warning signs didn't really strike me more until I realized what Munchausen syndrome by, by proxy was. Yeah. And him controlling my healthcare because I was actually losing mobility. I could not speak. I couldn't eat. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I mean, and um, he was telling the doctors how to handle me. Oh, you have to put on gloves because her body's going to react and you don't need to talk to her. You talk to me directly because oh, yeah. she yeah. doesn't know what she's talking about. And I'm like, I'm the patient here. How do I not know what I'm talking about if I'm going through the signs? Right. And and it's like the doctor shouldn't listen to, even if he had, you know, whatever power he thought he had, they shouldn't have listened to him. You know what I mean? Like they should listen to you. They should have. And for some reason they entertained him. They're like, okay, we'll do what you say, sir. That's, that's fine. We'll put the gloves on. We'll, we'll be yeah. very careful around the extremity and, um, Actually, one of my doctors went through and, and said that you're actually called him out and said in a joking manner, but Ken didn't take it that way. He said, oh, you're, you're eventually going to unalive her. Right. And um, he didn't see it as joking. He's, he actually wanted me to stop going to that doctor, even though I was getting rehab on my arm and actually able to function and it took actually two doctors to tell me that I needed to get out they yeah. sat me down and or they advised me hey we've been treating you and we think it's if you stay here any longer this isn't gonna end up well for you yeah I'm glad they at least said something because you know it seems like they're they're kind of like not even doing their job <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how, what was your next step once you did all that? Like, how were you able to actually just, you know, finally release yourself from that situation? It's been hard because actually when I got out in March of 2019, I was diagnosed with complex PTSD from the whole oh. domestic violence situation. Yeah. So unfortunately, right now with my steps of care, I have to go through with ketamine infusions or intramuscular injections. I have to be on um, PTSD medication. Um, and with the harassment still ongoing, it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to say that I'm officially out yet, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like you're, you're probably physically out of his like, you know, like the relationship, but it's still ongoing. Exactly. Right. I mean, the transition was hard because I didn't realize I had PTSD from the domestic violence situation. Right. When the doctor told me, I was like, y you're kidding, right? I, why would I have PTSD from, from this situation? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And um, that was actually a hard diagnosis to get. I didn't realize that that much damage has, had been done to me to your persona, to your brain, to everything, yeah. Exactly, and unfortunately, I have to do ketamine injections um, once a month, or if the doctors see you otherwise twice a month to kind of reset the neurological areas of my brain so that way I'm not in triggers, or the, the journey's still ongoing. Um, yeah. And the flashbacks are still there, so that's why I recommend if you see the warning signs, get out as soon as possible. 
Yeah. Because, you know, narcissistic people are never, they never accept no for an answer. They think, you know, they, they have the power. They're, they're con artists. They manipulate you. They, you know, they try to make it seem like they're the good guys at the end of the day. Exactly. And unfortunately, my ex, Ken, um, he's actually a judge in the country ballroom dance sports circuit on both, um, areas there's two different circuits in the country dance sport and he's a judge and uh he does dance lessons so he put up this really really good facade so when i came out about domestic violence everybody thought that i was the bad guy making it up right and they thought oh she's too young she doesn't understand he's a really good guy he does this he does that yeah I keep telling people there's two sides to to a person like that. What you mm-hmm. see out in public may be one thing, and then to see it behind closed doors is a different situation. Yeah. He definitely knew how to control his image. He really knew how to do that. Wow. Which, I mean, to this day, people are still split about the decision, like, are they on my side and believe that it was domestic violence or is Ken the really good guy and I'm the evil person for filing all these judgments and protective orders against him? Right. But I'm glad that you at least did because that's that's the most important thing. Like he needs to have some kind of, you know, um, like you said, uh, warrant something against him because he's still doing it. Exactly. And... and, and Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, and it's it's hard to tell people this guy has a protective order against him. If I was lying, why did the judge see it in my favor? Exactly. People don't get that. And, and that's the hard part about domestic violence because the narcissist that's behind the relationship will put on this great facade saying, oh, he's the best person or she's the best person and then all of a sudden behind closed doors that's when the violence occurs and nobody sees it but those two people yes yes and it it, that's the sad part about it and there's so many cases where you know it's like people take so many years even the the victim i mean that you never get out of it people stay in it for so long and it sucks because it's like a prison it literally is a mental prison it is. I mean, I was in it for 12 years. Yeah. I'm surprised I s- survived the situation. Yeah. I mean, there, there was days where I had to sleep in the bathroom for safety. I had to put my feet up against a kick plate, push myself against the door, and try to figure out how to sleep in the bathroom for years. Yeah. And it's like, you know, at that point, it's not just only that you were younger. It's You don't really think of it as like, oh, this is an extreme thing, you know, because... Like I said, they kind of they have this tactics where they treat you bad and then they treat you good. Is, it, is that kind of what he was doing? Like he would kind of like have those moments? He would. He would go through and like for my birthdays, he would try to do something special. But outside of the birthdays or anything like that, it was just uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde every day. If yeah. he was... Drinking in the morning, he'd be okay. If he was drinking in the afternoon, he would be all of a sudden just angry and upset and 
I mean, it's hard to to put a picture on that. If somebody can change like a light switch, one moment they're good, one moment they're evil, and trying to figure out the pattern, but then one two days later it could change just in an instant. If a finger yeah. snaps, all of a sudden this person decides to get really rude and evil and decides to do very bad things towards yeah. you. And and it changes you completely. I mean, you, right now, I feel like you still don't have that peace. You know, it's like if he's still roaming around or he's, I mean, as long as he maybe stops doing that, like bothering you and, you know, giving you like these signs that he's still watching you and, you know, following you, like at least you would have a little bit of closure, but you still don't have closure. And that's, that's the sad part. Unfortunately, I don't. And unfortunately, people are mutual friends are sending me things like he's trying to outdo your your day with your fiance and he's trying to show that his life is better than yours and yeah i just keep thinking why would somebody after so many years still try to compare lives like that right you're like dude you're older than me like you should already be where you're at like i don't really care about it <laughs> yeah yeah you fled to the Philippines. Stay there. <laughs> yeah, it's like stay over there, find somebody, be happy. But you know, the narcissist still watches you. Even if they don't want to be with you, they still watch you. They still follow you. They still want to know what you're doing because it kind of gives them control in their mind. Exactly. And I think he still feels like he has control. And that's why we're seeking a lifetime protective order against him. So if the harassment keeps going at least i can file charges and then there's gonna be more warrants for his arrest and hopefully the police will catch him soon and eventually what i, what I was kind of thinking like I'm, I'm always kind of like a business person in that sense but i'm also always in touch with attorneys i would try to sue if i could like i would try to get a good lawyer and be like i'm gonna take money if he has some money i'm gonna do it because it's like that's harassment you know he shouldn't do that like he should really get drained from his his sources because that's how you kind of start getting a narcissist to kind of see what they're doing when you take away their resources unfortunately i have tried that but yeah. once he figured out that i was doing that he put all his properties in an llc so nobody can touch him my uh, my ex-attorney actually put liens on his property mm -hmm. i don't know how he got out of that yeah but he must he must know somebody he has to know somebody because he put him in an LLC for me not to be able to touch anything. Yeah, I mean, because LLCs are still, un I mean, you still can pierce through them. Like, they're not um, all the way safe, I unless they're in a trust. And they're in a trust, it's a little harder, but he must know somebody that, that you know, kind of helped him. He does. Unfortunately, he has connections here in San Antonio with realtors, and I don't know who else they're helping him fund his projects in the philippines yeah and, and, it, and i'm glad that we're both san antonio and i'm uh when i post this you know it's like there needs to be kind of like put him putting him on blast you know having a picture of him or something like watch out for this guy because that's going to be like his turning point when he's exposed and i think he really does need to be exposed that's kind of why i wanted to do this interview because he needs to be caught and he needs to be exposed for what he's doing because right. if he's if he's targeting young women like he's targeting he targeted me yes who, who else is his next victim right 
And, and I always think of that too. It's disturbing. And yeah. it, it's it's hard because people have shown me screenshots where he's been to a 16-year-old year old little girl's party. Uh-oh, the ad, that's not, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what involvement he has with a little girl like that, but this he needs to be stopped or people need to be warned about him yeah he he definitely is a predator he sounds like he's a predator he sounds like he he knows where he can get you know once you get younger girls than you there's something wrong like i always think about it that way i know that that people have different likes in relationships and that's fine nobody judges that but when it's an older person like really older person looking for younger people i'm like wait that's I don't know, it's a red flag to me. <laughs> it is. And he's a... I didn't realize how much of a predator he was. Yeah. Until he got out. Yeah. I mean, he wanted full control. That's why he followed a missing persons. And actually, the police ended up calling me the day after I got out and said, we have Ken Murray here, down here at the police station, asking to put an APB out for you. And unfortunately, we didn't see that you've already pressed harassment charges on him so here's a code to tell any officer that pulls you over here's the number and here's here's what you tell them and right. i had to deal with that for 72 hours yeah it, it takes a long time to do all of that exactly yeah i really hope that uh this person this this monster because that's what he is um i really hope that he gets his his day in 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 court and jail because this is not right like this is not it's abuse all the way like he's literally still abusing you unfortunately yes and unfortunately he's brought my new relationship into this harassment too which yeah it, it's it's almost demonic or i don't know the correct word of how much of a monster he is to be doing to try to wreck my new life that i'm making for myself exactly and i mean i hope that your fiance also takes care of himself has something with him you just never know exactly we've been carrying pepper spray we have a police grade battalion we've had we have protection with us <laughs> yeah yeah I, I just wish he would just move on with his life though you know like it's like why keep doing that tormenting people well, that's the part that I figured out later on. Um, his chain of habit was he finds the next victim and he forces that woman to break up with him. Uh, so okay. he he's consistently on the prowl. And once he finds the next victim, he expects that person that he's currently in the relationship with to break up with him because he found the new victim. Somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the narcissists are pretty much all the same. Exactly. And, yeah. um... Thankfully, actually, one image actually saved my life. And it's... I actually got the tattoo of it. It's the story of the two wolves. Okay, uh-huh. I've never heard of it. <laughs> oh, it's a... Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> it froze a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it... It's actually, I don't know the origin of the story, but it's about a person has two wolves fighting in front in, inside of them. Right. One's anger, fear, depression. The other one's love, joy, peace, and happiness. And the one you feed is the one that wins. 
okay wow that's beautiful and i love wolves they they represent very like powerful kind of aspect exactly wow that's awesome that's that's it's kind of like you literally put your experience on a tattoo i love that i have and um i've have other ones for that says for i'm a warrior i will survive i mean this change the situation changed me yeah. but it made me stronger in the outcome yeah you're definitely a warrior alice like you're you're brave because a lot of people keep it quiet you know they're just scared and they're like i don't know what to do i'm just gonna like freeze and just you know they don't do anything about it but you're actually like you took that courage i took that step and that was the hardest step i've ever made being in domestic violence for 12 years that was the hardest step to take is to get out yeah and actually leave for good because i'm one of those people that yes i went back once but i mean I made a mistake, but I rectified it in 2019 by finally, March of 2019 was my day of freedom. Yeah. But everybody makes mistakes and we're not perfect, you know, like you were just a victim. You were a victim and, you know, he gaslighted you, he manipulated you, he he did everything that, you know, a bad person does. It's just take all the good stuff from you and take your your light you know what i mean like he kind of took that shine from you he did and of course being young who's gonna say no to a world title yeah i mean it was too good to be true and of course i didn't see it at the time and um that's how they get you i mean i was 19 i want to say when i got together with him and it only took him a month to start making approaching me and started saying well I'll give you free dance lessons if you do this and I'll give you free dance lessons if you come work for me and I'll give you free dance lessons if you do construction. So in my in my teens, I was doing construction work to get yeah. quote unquote free dance lessons. Yeah, because it's not cheap to get those lessons, right? No, but he was the instructor, so he's yeah. he made me work with concrete. I mean, I know how to pour concrete, I know how to do drywall, I know how to do the full nine years of building a house from from top to bottom. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, you were also a loan officer, right? I'm actually a realtor. Oh, that's right. Duh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, what the heck? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, you know, you know, the, all this, all these things that happen with properties and stuff. I mean, he, he taught you a little bit of how to do those skills, but I mean, it wasn't the wrong kind of idea, you know? Exactly. And thankfully, I can use the knowledge that I gained through those bad experiences to help my clients out. And thankfully, they get they get their dream home and I can help them with whatever they need to. I help them with questions that I can thankfully answer. I mean, I actually started my real estate business when I was in the domestic violence situation. I started my business at the age of 25, I want to believe. Wow, that was really young. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, but at least you you know that it, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, you have everything you need to be successful. Like, he didn't even break that. You know what I mean? Like, that's how that's how courageous you are. Like, he didn't take that from you. You actually started your own business. I did. If I wasn't going to be doing dance instruction, I found something else to do. I was, yeah. was going to figure out how to help my clients. My dance clients actually become homeowners. So it was kind of hand in hand. It works fit. out. <laughs> 
that's awesome that that's freaking awesome because you know sometimes it's hard to move forward in life but you did it <laughs> exactly i mean it took me a little while after getting out it took me a, a few months in um PTSD management and support groups and counseling to kind of get back on my feet, but thankfully I'm back up and running. Yeah, that's the most important thing. And, you know, I'm truly sorry that this happened to you. And, you know, many women and men suffer from violence, domestic. It doesn't even have to be even touching you. A lot of it is mental as well, uh, phys- uh, emotional abuse as well. And, I'm glad that you at least have somebody that now is there with you, your fiance, like he can, you know, be there with you. I'm thankful too, because I was in the trifecta. I mean, I was in the physical, mental, and emotional abuse in that situation. So, right. It, I mean, the little things, the littlest things will set yeah. a person off in, in those type of situations, especially when it's mental abuse. If you have something as simple as do you want white, white rice or brown rice? And all of a sudden you get thrown objects thrown at you like for no reason, just asking a simple question for dinner. Do you want white rice or brown rice? And then all of right. a sudden just a destructive manner comes out. And yeah. not a lot of people will see those signs as, oh, maybe this is mental abuse. Yeah, they just see it as, oh, you know, it's just a, they're just arguing or something. And a lot of people don't have that knowledge. That's why they kind of oversee it. You know, they're like, oh, they're just arguing or, and now, you know, I've experienced something similar. Like I see something, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to tell them like, you need to, you're probably going through abuse. Like you need to call somebody or, hey, tell somebody else. You know what I mean? Like kind of have somebody get attention with that. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of people don't, it turns, because I was in the situation, it turns into maybe I did something wrong. And then you start to self-blame. And then you stop reaching out to family and then you stop having friends and then it just starts into a downward spiral and not a lot of people realize that they hit that point. Yeah. Yeah, it's very shameful. It feels shameful. It does. It it did. Yeah. But, you know, now you understand that, you know, you did whatever you had to do because you were young but at the same time he knew what he was doing too and he he just wanted to take advantage of it but now you recognize that he is a monster that's that's the first thing i once i got diagnosed and once i started counseling i started realizing this guy's a true monster like i was drugged at some points i was smothered by a pillow coming out in trauma I mean and that's because I was getting poisoned at the same time and I didn't realize it and the one day I did realize it my new little puppy that I had kind of gave me a hint it it, it was weird enough weirdly enough um, my puppy was in a kennel right right behind the bed right and one morning, all of a sudden, she doesn't move at night. She did not move. And all of a sudden, this one morning, she started moving. And I decided to try to figure out how to peek over because, again, my body was shutting down. So I tried to turn over and peek over to see what she was concerned about. And my ex was doing something with my water. Oh, okay. And she was trying to tip... Dogs are smart. I, I don't know how she took me off to this but he was putting something in my water 
that night. Wow. It, I mean, it becomes it becomes very like psychotic if I could say that. It does. And yeah. To go to that point to put things in my food and things in my water and intentionally making me sick. I mean, I found out later on that all his exes actually ended up getting surgeries because they had organs had to get come out and oh, everybody wow. almost had the same exact surgery. Yeah. And unfortunately, I've been going through those same exact things too. I've had my appendix removed, my gallbladder removed. I've had I've had multiple surgeries since 2020. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, he really is is evil. He's an evil person and once you get to do that, I mean that should be counted as like attempted, you know, unaliving somebody because that's not right. It's not. And he doesn't see that as it being his fault. He's just, oh, it's a coincidence. All my exes had organs removed. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure that I put his name on on podcast episode because this is, I just really think it's it's just horrible. Like how, how can somebody be so unhappy, right, with their lives that they have to do all of that to somebody? Like even now that, you know, time passed that you guys you know split up and everything but it's childish to keep poking at like the past exactly it's it's strange that I can't get out of this situation that he won't let it go right and I don't know why he's still harboring on these feelings I don't know what I don't know if it's because I broke his chain of habit and he's not he can't move on from that or also because he has mental sure. issues too. He he's really on the other side. You know what I mean? And I always tell my partner like, there's a certain way you can tell someone's really like not there. It's like, you know, everybody's we're all humans. We all commit mistakes. We all get emotional. But when you go to that next step, what he's doing, he's definitely not there mentally. I can already tell. Like he's just he his screws are way off. You know, him and his nephews. I mean, yeah, whoever goes with him, yeah both of them i mean his nephew was staying with us and one of my assaults he's like oh i thought that was the tv going i didn't know it was you guys arguing and you getting thrown into a door i'm like are you serious you didn't know that you thought it was a tv yeah it's like they they're there's a word for those people um I had to forgot what it was, but they call them, um, like, they basically always support the narcissist. Like, they're like, oh, he was just playing around, or oh, he's, you know, he's just like that. It's like, no, that's not right. Like, you know, he did wrong. Right. Why are you like monkeys or something? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, aside all the negativity, I mean, how do you feel like today, even though you do have, you know, the ongoing case, do you feel just a bit more, I guess, safer in the sense you know that he has all these things after him like his record i do feel a little bit safer but at the same time with the ptsd it still brings up the paranoia of well is he gonna hire a private investigator to find me and right you know how did this person all black figure out where i live because the the area that we live in you have to know where you're going because it's confusing yeah, so you're like, I know that people won't just randomly show up. Right. Right. We picked a good spot where nobody will just come and solicit or anything like that. So 
to have somebody randomly come up at three o'clock in the morning dressed in all black with a hoodie covering their face, it, it was intentional. I, I don't know if a private eye was um, hired or if this was somebody related to him because there's only two access ways to get to this place. Right. And neighbors have ring cameras and they didn't see this person come in through one way. So they had to, they had to figure out, they had to come through the, the, the waterway or the creek to, to figure out where to get to this place. Yeah. Well, I hope that, you know, there's justice for you because you, you do need that as well. And I hope that, you know, authorities actually get to get enough evidence to put them in jail or maybe somebody else that unfortunately it sucks that they have other victims come forward that way there's more people you know involved and you know i'm just glad that we were able to share this story with different audiences you know all over the world as well because domestic violence is not good like that's something that happens every day and no one talks about it no one shares their experiences nobody really you know that's kind of like really shameful like i said so nobody likes to talk about it but it should be the opposite there should be like yelling you know to the world like this is not right and if you have any signs of it like it's better just to leave like be heartbroken that you left but then just say at least i'm i'm alive and i'm i left right it's not spoken about a lot everybody like you said everybody sees it as shameful yeah and the stigmatism with society is oh well you went through domestic violence what did you do wrong Mm -hmm. and it's it's not that the victim did anything wrong it's the person that was controlling that made these mistakes Mm -hmm. and that's exactly like that's the stigmatism it's always like for instance i'm sorry that i keep going on about this you're fine for instance, uh, when I did my first protective order, my ex parte protective order, uh, the police said we can relocate you and we'll pay for three months if you relocate away from him. And right. I didn't understand that. Why am I the one that has to be relocated? Yeah, it's like, why do I have to always move around for my abuser to just be whatever just there? <laughs> Right. I don't. Uh, they're like, oh, we'll get you a new alias. We'll get you a new job. We'll get you funded for the first three months. And they made it sound like, oh, well, we're protecting you by moving you away from your friends and family. And that's not right. Why is the why does the victim have to be moved? Why can't the abuser just be put away? The system is broken. It's very broken. It's. I mean. And there's a lot of women that don't even get anything. They don't even get protective order. They don't get anything. And unfortunately, they become a statistic. Unfortunately, I've been watching those. And I know there's one story that went viral because a young girl was trying to scream out for domestic violence. And unfortunately, she was unalive a few days later. They found her unalive. Yeah. Yeah. And society, I mean, it's, it's just, it's... Once you realize it is an evil world, uh, I, I know I'm a very positive person, but I already know too, it's an evil world. So it's like nobody at the end of the day is like nobody really cares until somebody says something. Exactly. And that's why I'm grateful that you had me on your show, because there's not a lot of people doing episodes or, or podcasts about domestic violence and what it takes to get out and what the afterlife could be what your happily ever after can actually potentially become yes 
with a lot of work and a lot of steps and and in, in, in place you can always get to that happy ending and you know there's hope exactly everybody has to find that little sliver of hope there's always that light at the end of the tunnel yeah and i i really do hope that people around the world listen to this because like i said it's it happens every day and women shouldn't be afraid like i always tell my like the people i know it's like women we live no matter if we're in a healthy relationship or not we always live with fear because we can be outside somebody can tackle us up anything can happen right (laughs) yeah it's like i'm always like that like even when i go somewhere and i'm just like you know if i'm walking in the middle of the night something may happen but if a man walks in the middle of the night you know they might they have more chances of not happening to them you know what i mean it's just women we're always you know unfortunately we're always uh some kind of target right unfortunately i mean especially with the younger ages you don't know any better so you just (laughs) think oh you know this is this seems completely fine you know maybe it's my fault maybe i did something wrong and and you're too young to know what the truth is yeah and especially when you're looking for a dream or maybe there's other women that are younger that want an apartment or need money something they know where to get you and that's that's where their their elders parents family need to tell them you know if anything happens don't take anything from anyone you know work your butt off for it like if someone offers you like a ticket to i don't know dubai or something like don't like just say you know what that's awesome i'm gonna work for it myself because it's always gonna be like i gave it to you i did this for you right yeah and it's and especially trying to start a business with yeah. a narcissist um it, it's it's not the easiest thing to do because i was handling two professions at the age of 25 yeah i was doing my dance instruction and then i was doing uh real estate so unfortunately somebody like that wasn't supportive so i would always get him students but he's he wouldn't get me any students or promote my business for me because again oh you're gonna cheat on me oh you're gonna leave me for your student oh you're gonna leave me for this all the excuses started coming out and it's like oh okay i'll accept that you know let me do something else instead yeah narcissist people will always um they'll never support you they'll want to be supported but they'll never support your business they'll never support your idea and if you outshine them they'll make sure that you don't right yeah that's just it's just incredible like your story is literally like that's a long time that you were in that horrible situation and i really i'm just glad that like i said you at least have you know hope and now your life is just tiny bit better even if he's still like lingering it's gotten a lot better i mean thankfully i'm able to figure out what life truly can be and doing things i never thought i would be doing and getting back trying to get back to the sport that i i love to do like normalize your life yeah exactly and hopefully planning a wedding soon so yay Well, congratulations on, you know, your engagement. It's always an awesome step and it's beautiful. It's it's a new step in your life, you know, a new stage, a new beginning. And, 
you know, the wedding planning, I know people always tell me it's stressful, but it's awesome at the same time. <laughs> you know, it could be both, but, you know, I'm wishing you guys, you know, all the blessings and your healing, mentally, physically, everything. You know, you deserve that that healing. I'm hoping one day to accept it, the healing. Yeah. And to, to get that peace of mind and to get my justice that, that I deserve for these 12 years plus these i want to say four years now five years since it's 2024 <laughs> oh yeah, right it feels like it, after 2020 i don't it just feels like it flew by <laughs> uh. <laughs> i'm like it's 2024 i'm like dude like that's insane it feels like it was just yesterday like 2020 was like a year ago right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we were all a little traumatized but yeah i mean you know it's just <laughs> it's just i'm it, it happens so fast. It does. Ah, uh, yeah, but you know, I like I said, I'm just happy that I'm able to connect with people such as yourself to tell a story. That's what my podcast is about. I mean, I have people who've been through so many situations, authors that have been through, uh, you know, also the R word R E P E. They've been through so many like literally like situations where i'm like man i don't know if i would have got out of that like that's insane like that's that shows that someone has a lot of courage you know they're they, they're fighters they're survivors they're they always go for like i can do it like i don't care what happens i'm gonna get out of it kind of attitude right it's almost like you become a warrior and the things the new challenges that that come ahead of you yeah you don't see as big of a, a challenge as what you went through right it's, yeah it, it, it's kind of amazing honestly it, that feeling like you can tackle things that you never thought you were going to be able to do and for most people it'd be like oh that's too hard to do and and you can look at it in your perspective and be like well if you do this that a b and c then you can get your answer right and it's honestly rewarding a little bit yeah, it made you who you are today. And they do say, what does it kill you makes you stronger. You know, at, at the end of the day now, you have more of like, like w- way more experience now. Exactly. And to be able to help others with their domestic violence situation, I have people reaching out to me saying, hey, you know, I'm going through this situation. And um, to be able to help them. Yeah. Get through that and to be able to give them the courage to move on, to go to a shelter, to go to family members or friends that can take them in i mean it's it's rewarding to give back also to to make sure that other people can stay alive yeah situations that's the most important thing like saving them from that you know horrible possible ending it's like you know you're you're really giving back to from your experience you're helping you know people that are going through the same thing right and it's it's rewarding. I mean, I don't do it for the like thing or anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't do it as like for acknowledgement or anything like that. I don't expect anybody to post anything about me helping them. I just help them behind closed doors because that's where they feel safer. Right. I mean, yeah. the acknowledgement I don't really care about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, either way, you know, deep inside you're doing a good job. You're you're helping somebody out and that's that's awesome like i said i will share this story um usually it takes me a while to just edit and you know i'm happy to share this story and be of, of value and serve value to you because i mean people need to hear your story 
Right. And to get this monster behind bars, I don't want anybody else. I don't want this predator out there approaching any anybody else. Yeah, that's the main thing. Like he, like it's like no one else can fall by that trap from his traps, basically his mental traps, his narcissistic traps, and narcissism exists everywhere in the workplace, in business, and they're everywhere. They're just uh, hiding in plain sight. Right. It's like the uh, wolf in sheep's clothing. You never know who's doing what. And you just reminded me of something. There's different types of narcissists. There's the covert narcissist. There's a narcissist. And I think there's several like other levels. Like I've dealt with all of them too. And now I know how to spot them. And whenever I know I'm dealing with the narcissist, I look at them in the eye. They say not to do this, but I always tell them, I know what you are. And they kind of stay like, what? I'm just like, I know what you are. And they kind of like just stay quiet. I'm just like, now I know how to spot you. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't like it. They, they're just like, what, what do you mean? It's I'm like, no, it's okay. It's okay. So I become a uh, kind of like an empath, a educated empath. I'm like, it's okay. I know what you are. You don't have to hide. You don't. It's fine. You know. But now it's like you you have that weapon. You know, to use as in protection. You you know who's a narcissist now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's unfortunately. It's unfortunate to have that capability to pick out who they are. Yeah. But actually, it's almost like a godsend, too. Like, okay, I'm not going to mess with that person because I know what they do behind closed doors. Yes. Yes. And, you know, now it's just, you know, having awareness of it and, and sharing it with people. And, I mean, is there anything else you would like to share? Like, kind of like your final wrap for it. Like, what is the one I guess piece of advice or or thing you can tell our audience if you're in a relationship especially with an age gap like I had with 30 years apart right things may be too good to be true and it's never your fault if something happens and you get into a disagreement re replay that disagreement in your head and see is it truly my fault or is it this person that's lashing out at me right and it's it takes some time to actually pinpoint if you are in domestic violence because it's hard at first especially with people with younger ages to this game started in their new life. You know, you want to move to a new apartment. You want to start your new career. You want to, you want all these things on your to-do list, but you also want to be in a relationship and you want to be happy, but don't take that for granted. If they offer to buy, split the apartment with you or, Hey, I'll pay you rent. If we move in together, I mean, try not to get into that controlling aspect where they take a majority of everything from you yeah like still keep yourself like some kind of independence in that sense right and just if they say hey let's move in together then hey let's split the rent if we're gonna do this and then once we reach that point then we'll figure out finances from that point on or if they promise you like in my situation hey i'm gonna get you a world title that may not happen (laughs) Right. You're like, uh, like, why are you getting me this? Like, I don't get it, you know? <laughs> like, I'm doing all this training, and for what? I didn't even make it to Worlds that year, so... Yeah. It, it's, it's too good to be true sometimes, and if you're in that situation, especially if objects get thrown at you, or 
you feel like your body start to shut down or your body starts reacting to different things because like in my case I actually started having seizures from um, the domestic violence yeah a lot of people experience like things that their body kind of tells you like your body's trying to tell you like this is not right 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 listen to your body <laughs> like that's yeah. one thing i didn't do you, you have to listen to it because i started having seizures i mean my body was shutting down i couldn't eat if your body starts reacting like that listen to your body because your body knows better than your mind does yeah yeah that's that's definitely important and all the signs are there and always have you know someone that you can talk to because i think sometimes when you talk to family like you almost have to really get somebody that's like a third party person that has nothing to do with anybody around you because sometimes family can enable things sometimes friends can enable things they mean well but they're not going through it so they're kind of like well don't take it too serious or they're like oh it's okay it's like no like i actually need to seek professional help for this Right, because they're, I mean, friends or family are going to say, oh, take it with a grain of salt, you know, everybody yeah. does on their relationship, you're going to have arguments, you're going to have fights. perfect, yeah. Yeah, it's, you're not going to have that fairy tale romance, I mean, everybody goes through it, and um, it's hard to find that third person, I mean, do a neutral party, like, I came out to my doctor saying that I was in domestic violence situation, and I had just gotten to know him for a few months and he was a random third party person that I could trust that he he saw who my abuser was, he saw the situation I was in, and um, he ran with it. He he let me talk to him about things that I was going through and and having that ear makes you feel better that it's genuinely not your fault. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and that's that really helps a lot in the situation because they can tell you like hey you know somebody can make you snap out of it like you need to go like you need to leave that person you need to go with someone that you can trust and get out of it because this guy can do something else and they always say um with my experience they always told me therapists said when a person injures an animal that's a first sign of get out because they can do anything to you Right. And for a person to feel heartless that yes. an animal passed away, I mean, my my puppy died in my arms. And my yeah. ex was screaming at me, don't hold him. He's going to bite you. He's going to do this and that. He had no remorse or anything yeah. towards, towards my dog. And that was disturbing. And the police got called out um, to investigate the matter. But he seemed so cold, like oh well it's just an everyday thing it's no big deal it's, it's just an animal right yeah that's that's the way they are and unfortunately a lot of people are like that like I kind of like uh, before I forget to tell this story I, I don't know why I was looking on TikTok and it was this I guess person that burned a, a raccoon alive I'm like oh my god like and they gave her like you know a very long sentence I'm like that's a narcissistic person because they don't have remorse. They don't feel anything. It's just detached from them. Right. And it's, it's weird to see somebody that cold and that yeah. detached. It's, it makes you look back. Like what made you that emotionally damaged to not have empathy like that? 
yeah and it's a lack of empathy and they usually say narcissists have a uh a mother wound or a parent wound like something happened in their in their childhood that they never got the love they never got anything so it's like now they project it to everybody right and unfortunately i mean i was in that situation too during the 12 years i helped him through his mother passing away his brother passing away um yeah I, yeah and he there had... was no empathy yeah yeah and unfortunately you know there's no way to cure it he has to be the only one that has to do the work and it doesn't seem like he's doing it <laughs> no <laughs> yeah no, no. Way. <laughs> no way yeah no way well you know i really i really hope that you stay safe i really hope that you know you always have somebody on call because it's like people like him aren't to trust but i know that eventually um you know he'll go away i really hope that he will go away and he'll do his life somewhere else you know it's like he can bother somebody else it's like just let people live right and it's it's disturbing because supposedly he's married in the philippines and he's not letting the situation go yeah it's just control <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and you know i hope that you know victims that fall into him like you know eventually they're gonna figure out who he is narcissistic people are never happy they could be with so many people and they're never happy right they're they're never gonna find the true calling or hey you know this this is actually worth my time and effort yep i they're mean it's a fine other to supposedly be married and still harassing me at the same time from the Philippines? I mean, yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong there. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Philippines, like, you should be like, okay, well, at least I'm in, like, a different country, different background, different... Like, you forget about what happens in San Antonio. You know what I mean? It's like... Right. Yeah, but unfortunately, this person is just obsessed. That's what it is. It's obsession. It's It's childish. But yeah, just, you know, I hope that you and your fiance, I know he's the one that reached out, uh, you know, tell him I said thank you for reaching out as well. Um, and he wanted me to, you know, do this, the, the podcast with you. And I right away said yes. So, you know, I really hope that you guys have, you know, an awesome wedding, <laughs> whatever that happens. And, <laughs> you know, wishing you the best. Uh, and I know that my laptop's always like running on battery, but, you know, I'm going to release this episode and, and all the information about you, even your real estate information, I'll put it on there as well. Anything you'd like to send me, a good picture maybe, if you have like a good headshot. Um, and yeah, it, thank you so much for, for actually allowing me to, to share this story. I, I thank you for the platform. I mean, like I said, nobody talks about this and I, I appreciate the platform and to get the word out about this. I yeah. mean, this needs to stop. We, the predator needs to be put away. Yeah, it should already be a felony. Like if, like you know how they did with bullying. Like if, if you bully now, I think that's even a felony, or they can take you to jail for that. If your kid is bullying other people, because you know it, a lot of things have happened with that with other kids. But it should be that too. It's like the first sign of like a narcissistic person that's like, you know, doing that. They should start investigating right away, and then, you know, putting them in jail at least for a while, so they can kind of like back off a little bit. Right. You would think the justice system would do that, but they don't. They're just like, oh, well, we don't have probable cause to pull them over. Yeah. But there's a warrant out and you have his driver's, uh, you have his uh, license plate and all his information. Like, and well, you... there's no probable cause, so we're not going to pull him over. Yeah. And then you think some women that, you know, self-defense, 
and end up, you know, doing the worst sometimes because they're self Then they go to jail too. It's like, what the heck? She was defending herself or he was defending himself. Like, it's like, it, yeah, the justice system is very broken and it will continue to do that until something really big happens. Then they're going to change it. But I'm glad we're having these conversations and it sucks. It sucks that we're having these conversations, but I'm glad. I'm glad too. I mean, it's, it's hard that people go through this, but at least the stigmatism might change from from shows like this and interviews like this and at least getting the word out to the public like don't be ashamed if if this is happening to you don't be ashamed and reach out for help yeah that's the first thing it's like reach talk about it like you know take pictures take lots of pictures i always tell people take pictures if you have to record a conversation record it because that could be your your ticket out you know Right. Always collect the evidence. Yeah, collect evidence. And especially the young girls listening out there, you know, ages like 15, 20 years old. Like, don't believe anything these men tell you. You just have to do it yourself. Like, (laughs) figure out who they are. If they're really older, like, hey, that's a red flag. Like, this is not right. Or I need to tell a grown-up about it. I need to tell an adult about it. Yeah, 30 years uh, age gap in my in my situation I should have woken up to it sooner but I didn't but they really do need to reach out and especially that all these older men are starting to target like you said the 15 to 20 age groups I mean they need to have resources out there or something and hopefully the parent won't accept the situation be like oh yeah that's cool you know go ahead you're happy that's fine hopefully the parents will kind of step up and be like hey you know you're this much older why are you involved with my child right yeah because parents are the first ones that need to be aware of that like there's parents that just don't care and like i said they might be narcissists as well they might be like oh you know all right take off my hands you know there's parents that are like that and unfortunately that's the world we live in and it's just it's really evil and it really just i i try not to lose um faith in people but the more the older I get I'm like man I can't believe like the parents just let that happen sometimes or sometimes the parents just don't know you know the the child like you know you hide it from them and stuff until you get involved but still you know I think parents are supposed to give you that kind of like heads up (laughs) right look out for your child and yeah they don't I mean everything's becoming more flexible hey you, you can get your tattoo at the age of 16 like yeah really? wow <laughs> yeah it's like dang that's really young <laughs> yeah 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 it, things are becoming too accessible I totally agree you know now with like you know TikTok I mean all those platforms are awesome if you have a business if you're doing something important with it but other than that you know it's easier to to reach little like women like girls underage women underage men now it's easier than ever and i'm like man it's just sad it is and especially like i have a nephew that's 13 going on 14 i think oh yeah he's a baby uh, he's on tiktok he's on snapchat and i i I question my brother about it like are you sure you want him on these platforms because i mean they're easily accessible Mm -hmm. to predators yep there it is and it it should be strictly like 21 and up i really think so like 21 and up should be and they have to verify send their id like you know like these these platforms need to be like more strict about it 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's... I really do hope that... like it, It's kind of like therapy for me, too, talking about this. Because I really wish there was change. Like, I really hope so. Especially in San Antonio. I think that San Antonio has a very, like, bad kind of, like, reputation around this type of topic. Because, I mean, every day I see, you know, the, the, the girlfriend, you know, she's been abused. And then now she's disappeared or they can't find her. And I'm like, man, it's the boyfriend probably did something or the girl, I, either one of them. But I know they're going through something, but they don't expose it. You know what I mean? They don't expose it until later. Right. I mean, why not put it out there that you're, the suspect is the boyfriend or the yeah. husband or, you know, be on the watch for that? Why not put it out sooner instead of waiting until they find the person on the live and then go through and be like, OK, well, this person's under arrest for doing this. Right. It's like I'd rather be embarrassed at some point and taking it out there than not being here anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, it's just I just think about this all the time, too. But I'm glad that we're able to have this chat. And like I said, I won't keep too much of your time either. But thank you so much, Alice, for for sharing your story. And I'll definitely, like I said, post everything and post your business as well. At least they know where to find you. That sounds good. Do you have any questions or anything? (laughs) Oh, and this is my uh, fiance, actually. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I could talk all day. (laughs) Sometimes I do that and I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot. (laughs) But yeah, it usually takes me a few few days to edit. That's like the hardest part about podcasting when you have to edit. And sometimes, you know, you have to clip certain things here and there. It should take me about four days. I'll have it released. problem i mean i appreciate you interviewing me and having me on your your podcast and um thank you for helping getting the word out yeah and i've been i just started not too long ago and um i've been having like random like celebrity people like reach out to me i'm just like i don't know this is that means that i'm probably gonna keep going like it's gonna keep getting exposed so you're gonna be heard around the world so that's why i always tell people like you never know podcasting is an awesome way to also like not only share stories, but to, to network. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Alice. I hope you guys have a, a, a wonderful day. And um, like I said, I'll send you everything uh, when it comes to the editing and I'll, I'll reach out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just let me know anything you need. I know you said a headshot. Yeah. And- like if you have like a headshot and just what you want me to put on your biography, I always like to, you know, ask the guest. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll send you a picture of the tattoo that we talked about and and all that. Yeah, that would be awesome, too. Well, thank you, Alice, and and you have a good day, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye-bye.